Welcome listeners, it's Adrian here on the latest Arcade Attack podcast. Today I'm joined with Tim Willits, the id software legend. In this amazing interview, Tim reflects at his great times working on Doom titles, Quake games, and how he helped shape the FPS genre. He also responds to certain controversial comments he made uh, recently about who invented the first multiplayer maps. Uh, he also looks at his time working at id software, and he... he Give some great answers to some quite tough questions. So sit back and enjoy and listen to a real retro gaming legend. Welcome to Arcade Attack. A retro gaming podcast for up to four players. Welcome back, listeners. We're here for another Arcade Attack podcast. I've got a really special guest, a real first-person shooter legend. I've got Tim Willits on the podcast. Welcome, Tim. Yes, yes, thank you. It's nice to uh, it's nice to talk to you. Ah, oh, the pleasure's all mine. Um, Tim, obviously, we're going to talk about your career in Doom and Quake and, and, and other sort of bits and bobs. But before we get into your sort of career in gaming, how how did you actually start? Well, what was your first and earliest memories of playing games while growing up? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, yes, yes, yes. So, um, uh, so I was always kind of a nerd growing up. You know, I liked I liked <laughs> computers. Um, you know, my my dad was also kind of a nerd, and uh, um, and he actually put together a Heath kit computer, which oh, was nice. you know back in the day you could buy these Heath kits and you could build your own kind of like TVs or computers and things. And um, and I just you know had a basic book you know basic programming, and I could do some text games. Yeah. Uh, which I thought was very fascinating. But then it was, you know, really the, the Atari 2600. I know I'm showing my age um, that uh, that really kind of got me into the magic of, of, of video games. So um, so really, it's I would I would say it was the Atari 2600. Oh, it's a legendary machine, isn't it? Let's be honest. Yes. Yes. Brilliant. How about favorite games in the system? What was your favorite earlier games back in the day? uh yars revenge yes of course. Uh, yes 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 oh boy um of course missile command oh, uh, yeah. uh actually was it called missile command i think it was yeah yes. it w- yeah it was yeah 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 the old activation and then pitfall of course and then i actually took some pit- remember when you used to take pictures of your high score and then mail it into activision for the patches of course yes 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 so um uh you know and and i actually uh you know, I, I this is kind of funny to say, but um, uh, but I had ET. You know, the 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 uh, very very <laughs> controversial game. Uh, yeah. I was never actually able to finish. Um, so uh, and I remember trying to look up in the old kind of computer magazines. You know, the the tricks to finish. I don't think that game is actually. I don't think you can actually complete it. I don't think it's actually mm. winnable. Um, uh, but I but I, I unlocked the first Easter egg in Adventure through uh uh you know finding that that pixel i, I remember looking at the magazine and kind of you know going through the steps um but uh yeah i know nowadays kids have uh have much 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 better games to play it would be you know <laughs> uh, sometimes i should like to show my kids the old games and i'm like you know this is sonic i used to play sonic all the time <laughs> and it's so fast and stuff and they're like this is dumb <laughs> so, but it's, very sad but the old games are awesome i agree I, we love that we love our retro games obviously um i want to talk to you in a minute i think again I, i'm happy to be corrected but i think doom may have played a part in your career in gaming but before you got into gaming what were you doing uh, what was your career beforehand if you don't mind me asking yes 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 so um um so even when i was like when i was 11 years old i i, I wanted to make video games mm. so uh um, so I went to the University of Minnesota. I was studying computer science um, and political science. And uh, uh, at the time, uh, I was also uh, uh, at an ROTC scholarship. That's Army Reserve Scholarship. Mm. So the Army was paying for my, my college. Uh, and, um, you know, when the original Doom was released, uh, I was it was so fascinating that that they would allow people to create their own levels. And it was so, you know, again, almost magical, really, that, you know, there was an infinite amount of possibilities of what you could build. And I was so fascinated by that. 
that uh, that I started to make, you know, doom levels uh, in my spare time while in college. Mm. Um, and then I would I, I uploaded them to Software Creations BBS. Uh, you know, like there was it was like the poor man's CompuServe at the time. Mm. And um, uh, and I just did it because and then I, and it was I was really excited when people would download them and then they would, you know, they would like send me email or no, there was like a chat. There was like a chat group. Um, and I, I thought it was really cool that people would would comment on some of my my levels. And then um, and then not too long after that, um, id Software was looking for contractors mm. you know, to work on. Uh, the Doom 2 Masters edition, um, which was a kind of a collection of, of, of maps, you know, developed by outside folks. Yeah. Good. Yes. And uh, it, that's one of the white cover with the uh, uh, Adrian Carmack sketched the um, kind of the skulls and they're all kind of warped and twisting. Yeah. Um, so that was uh, so they contracted me to work on that first. Um, and I, it was two levels and I got them done really quick and, you know, they were, they were happy with them. Um, and then, uh, Rogue Entertainment, you know, a company working on Strife at the time, yep. uh, you know, they were working with id Software because id Software was the publisher at the time and their office was directly connected to the id Software office. They were on basically the same network mm. and Rogue Entertainment um, was looking for a full-time level designer. So, um, so, you know, they contacted me, I, you know, took a leave of absence from the army because I, you know, I was, I was in ROTC at the time. So I came down to Texas to work, um, you know, for Rogue Entertainment and I worked on Strife, which is, which is, which is surprisingly good game still. Um, and, uh, and, and, and that used the Doom engine. Uh, so I worked on Strife for a while and then, in my spare time, um, I would go across the hallway to id Software, and I would build, um, uh, you know, the original Doom maps, and then you know start playing with the Quake editor because when Strife was being developed, the team had started working on Quake already. Yeah. Um, and you know, in and Quake was a completely different type of uh, uh, level editing. Uh, kind of paradigm. Uh, so, um, so in my spare time, I snuck over the id software and I would I would work on Quake levels. And then id needed a level designer, so I said yes, I will definitely join the group. <laughs> uh, and then and then came on over to to id. And the first thing I did was the the uh, so Doom. So when you buy Doom One today, yeah. you get the what well, it's the Ultimate Edition, right? It's the or the Doom. Yes, yes, it has four episodes because if you remember, the original Doom only had three episodes. That's right, yeah. So, um, so when when Doom, so Doom one released in '93, okay, and it was downloaded by like everybody, but honestly, not that many people actually bought it, you know, it, and um, uh, because people are cheap. So <laughs> when Doom two was released, it was retail only. And it quickly sold over like a million copies. And at the mm. time, selling a million copies of anything was a huge deal. So the company realized, you know what? You know, we should re-release the original Doom as a retail package. Uh, but, you know, we needed to um, improve the pack, improve the offering some, right? So that's why we added the fourth episode, Thy Flesh Consumed. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so, so now when when you think of Doom, you think of the four episode uh, version of Doom. So, like the first month I, I was there at Yid, our first job was to make that fourth episode. So, and and we literally got it done in weeks. It was oh, really? just like a crash course in getting the fourth episode done. Um, and we wrapped it up in a number of weeks. We tested it ourselves. We made four episodes of um, of Doom One. We released it as you know, the ultimate doom, which was technically the very first thing that I worked on that was actually published or released because the doom Two master's edition actually released after the, after that version of doom. Yeah. Or fi- is it final doom or is it final doom or ultimate doom? I, yes. I think it's final doom, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, and, um, see, I'm, I'm getting old. Uh, and the, uh, uh, so it was doom was the original thing. That the first thing that I actually worked on that was released, then Doom 2 Masters Edition, 
and then Rogue finished Strife, and then that was released, and then of course Quake One, and the rest mm-hmm. is history. So that's that's a very long, very long answer to, uh, <laughs> to how I got started. It's brilliant. I mean, I, did you obviously? I know when you first uh, played Doom, did you did you ever dream when you're making these maps that it could ever lead to a career, or is it just a hobby? Or uh, what were your initial feelings when you first started to make these levels? Yes. So. Um, uh, I was at university at the time, and I lived at home. And I would, when I would drive to school in the morning, I would daydream and fantasize about working at id Software. And uh, because, you know, um, it was it was the ultimate dream. I mean, to make video games for a living is the greatest thing ever. Uh, so yes, I would I would daydream about working at at id Software, and I never thought in a million years that I would actually work at id Software. Yeah. Well, how did id Software approach you? I know, obviously, you built some traction. Your maps were well-respected and well-liked. But do you remember how id Software first contacted you? Was it an email? Was it a phone yeah. call? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, uh, American McGee and Sean Green were kind of the two guys working on um, the Doom 2 um, Masters Edition. Yeah. And uh, they they went and found some of the best maps that were on, you know, the, the yeah. Internet. I'm there wasn't much of, and they sent me an email and it was like, holy shit, I got an email <laughs> from the guys that work at it. This is the greatest thing ever. Um, so of course, when they asked me to work on two levels and they were going to actually pay me, I got them done really fast, yeah. you know, and, and, and I, you know, I emailed them back and I was responsive and I got what they needed. So that's what led me to that interview at yeah. Rogue. And then I was just next door to the guys from then. Uh, obviously i appreciate your your skills probably evolved but back then what did you try and bring to your maps why do you think they did stand out from the crowd what did you what, what sort of personality did you try and bring into those back in the early days uh consistency so you know one of the things that always bothered me with some of the maps that you download even today they bother me is you have these designers that put every texture into um uh, their levels and there's no theme and there, there, there's just no consistency and, and, and the polish is missing. So with the original levels, you know, and even, you know, the shareware epi- uh, levels in the original Quake, um, consistency, you know, good use of textures, kind of themes. You feel like you're in the space. It all makes sense. For me, that was important. Mm. No, I, no, I get that. I, I, I agree. Um, I mean, I'll I put my hands up. I've never made a Doom level, but I was playing around with the Duke engine, the Duke 3D engine back in the day. Oh, I mean, you are the, old, the friend. <laughs> you're, you're my age. Yeah, I am pretty old. Uh, I think it's the build. Is it the build engine? I'm not saying. Yes, sir. Yes. Did you did you ever play around with that as well? I know it's a bit off the cuff, but did you ever play with other sort of game engines <laughs> similar to Doom, or is it just always Doom for you and obviously Quake? Well, it was always Doom and Quake, but it, and I tried though. Um, you know, I used. Um, there was another there was another um, quake uh, editor so I used DEU mm. to make as to work on my original doom levels um, and I had and I, I loaded up the build editor you know because we were always looking at it but I never I never made anything yeah. because it's so it's so hard as you probably remember it's so hard learning the nuances and idiosyncratic things that you need to do to make levels that I just always had stuff to do. You know, I was too busy, you know, living the dream. So I never really played around with other editors. Like I've never made anything in unreal. Um, Just quickly back before we move on to um, other things, what, why do you think doom was so successful back in the day? I mean, I agree. It blew, it blew the waters away. It it introduced the PC gaming to many people, but for you personally, why do you think doom was such a pinnacle game? Well, that's funny. You said that I I have a whole talk on, on, on this. Um, you know, there were, there were, there were a number of things that doom did really well. Um, you know, first it was really the, you know, there was Wolfenstein 3d, but yeah, uh, which was the first first person shooter, but doom really, was exciting. I mean, it it uh, it had people jumping in their chairs and dodging fireballs, and it was so fast. Um, and um, you know, before before Doom, you know, Vita games were mostly about you know uh, princesses and mushrooms. 
and, you know, Doom was that violent, scary, mature game um, that was look beautiful, play great. And then it had multiplayer, you know, and uh, um, it really kind of changed the whole world. Um, but then, but then, you know, in my normal talks, I go on to why I think Quake was actually more influential to the games we play today than Doom was. But Doom, you know, it legitimized shareware, it allowed mods, it was relevant, it was, you know, uh, um, where, you know, it, it was a bad boy game. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, uh, 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 I mean, a, a reverence, sorry, not, not irrelevant. And yeah. um, uh, um, so it really kind of changed the industry. You know, I completely agree to him. Um, how do, so it sounds like you, you had like half a foot in the door at uh, id Software. You're going back and forth a little bit. When were you? Did, when did you properly sit down with like John Romero and John Carmack and get your? Was it a signature? Was it an interview? Or was it just kind of thing that sort of happened sort of <coughs> gradually and get that proper official job there? Yeah, it just happened gradually. Um, uh, I like I said, I would. It was very close. There was uh, a group. There was, I think, six of us at Rural Entertainment and like 12 people at id Software. And we would go to dinner. You know, we were all friends. We would play deathmatch after at, at night. Um, and, uh, you know, Carmack, he worked, John Carmack worked all the time back then. He was there late into the evening. So after I worked you know, a, a full day over at Rogue, I would go over and I would use an extra computer, usually Sandy Peterson's computer. And I would just, uh, because, uh, because at the time we had uh, Next machines. You remember the Steve Jobs computers, Next, which turned out to be OSX? So, um, and it was a uh, Unix-based operating system. So you could basically log in to different machines. So I would go in, log into Sandy Peterson's machine, and then I would just work on 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 levels. Um, and, um, you know, Carmack and the group just they needed an extra guy and they were they said, let's you know, let's let's hire Tim. Mm. Um, so it was kind of more natural. It, it wasn't a, you know, a real interview for id Software. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. So I, I had a real interview for Rogue Entertainment with yeah. Jim Monetz, who's now at at Universal. But uh but for it, it was just kind of a natural, hey, you should come work for us. I'm like, yes, I will. And <laughs> so I, I just kind of moved my chair across the hallway and started working. Was there any bitterness once you left Rogue? Were they all pretty happy or, or they all? Oh, yes, yes, yes. I mean, I had uh, uh, I had finished a lot of work, so it wasn't yeah. like I was I was leaving those guys in, 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 in a pinch. Um, and you know what? You know, work, working at it was the promised land. I mean, it's it's it's, it's the greatest job ever. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, uh, so, uh, so yeah, I mean, they were all very excited for me. So brilliant. All right. And I want to talk to you about Quake because, uh, sure. I, I, That's I, I, I very dear to me. It's uh, amazing. It's, it's, you're right. I, it, it's definitely a toss up between Quake and Doom, which is more influential. They're, they're both huge. Let's be blunt. Um, but I'd love to know the early discussions about when they first thought we need to make a new game, Doom's doing well, but we want to move in a slightly different direction. Can you remember how the discussions first came about and, and how Quake kind of first got started, really? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, uh, so the idea of Quake, you know, it definitely started, um, you know, after Doom 2. It started, uh, you know, before I was an, an official employee. Uh, like I said, I was working on Strife, you know, when the team was working on Quake. Um, and, but, um, uh, but at the time, and even, you know, for years at id Software, we always like to do something new and something different. And, you know, if, if you look at all the dooms and the quakes and the rages and stuff, it's, it's, you know, not just making another one over and over again. When we do make another one, it's very different. You know, look at Quake 1 and Quake 2. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, moving to... To a completely 3D world was, you know, night and day different, you know, from Doom with a new yep. engine and new and, and new editor and new way of thinking. And, uh, you know, so the team wanted to create something new. Ultimately, it followed a very similar path because that's what the, what we were good at. Um, but um, uh, but that's just kind of what we at Ed Software for so many years and they, and they are still doing um, is um, – you know, making something new and unique is is instead of just you know rinsing and repeating over and over and over again. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah. Yes. 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 So, um, um, so I forgot the question exactly. Uh, so yeah, so the team had worked on, you know, the, you know, uh, back then the design group was, you know, definitely not as organized as it is today. Uh, it was kind of everyone just kind of make stuff and then try to put it together into some sense, some ordinance of sense. Um, so it was, you know, the, the whole concept of production schedule and the whole concept of a producer and a, you know, a, a real design documents did not really exist back then. Uh, so it was, you know, the mentality of creating video games was really a bunch of people sit in a room, come up with cool ideas and start making stuff. <laughs> that is really it. Like, you know, yeah. uh, that is the truth. If, if, um, if, if someone tells you that they were making a game in the 90s and they had some great plan and some great production schedule, they are probably lying. <laughs> <laughs> it was all about just, just making cool stuff. You know, yeah. and when you have super talented guys, you know, like uh, like John Carmack, and you have guys like that, and Adrian Carmack, and Kevin, and and Sandy, and 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 all those guys. When you have super talented people that get together and make something, greatness happens. Mm. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I, I think you've said it really well. I think it's organic; it just evolves. Isn't it? I, I assume it's just just everyone sort of chipped in with great ideas. Yeah, I've spoken to quite a few people in the 90s, like Syndicate, for example, people that worked at Bullfrog, and they, I agree, it does sound like the same sort of atmosphere as well. Really? Yeah, I mean, that's why that's why you, um, I mean, big games, you know, like the, you know, the newest Doom and, you know, big, big games require planning and they have super mega budgets and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but you can still find fun, small, you know, independent games, mobile games where it's just a group of friends that are, um, um, you know, really talented that just make something cool together. And it turns out to be magic. Uh, so you can still see that, you know, making PC games nowadays is, um, uh, you know, as much is, 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 is much more tricky. Uh, but, uh, uh, but you can still find some of those magical moments. Oh, good stuff. They're indie, indie developers and stuff. Like, yeah, I agree. Um, how about what was your exact role on the first quake? Uh, was it level design? You know, what was, what was your, um, your job on the first game then? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, the um, uh, I was I was one of the level designers, just a straight up normal, just a junior level designer. That's it. Uh, but back then, level designers did a lot. You know, you know, like nowadays you have a lighting person and you have like you know a high con a high texture person and you have a you know an AI scripter and you have an you know uh, enemy placement person. Back in the back in the old days, you kind of did everything where, you know, you put the um, the AI in, you set up the triggers and the relays, you pick the textures that, that the artist gave you. You kind of constructed it. I mean, you really kind of did it, it all. You know, nowadays, level design is very complex and it does take a team to make a single level. But back in the old days, you know, we just kind of, you know, put everything in, put sound in. We put, uh, you know, all the all the traps and AI and geometry. And sometimes we had to do a little art if things weren't just perfect. Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, so it, it, it was definitely kind of do everything. Brilliant. I mean, it must be amazing seeing, creating a level in the game and then seeing the game sold and then people playing your game. I, I, I assume that's a good fit, a great feeling even today. Is that fair? Yes, you are. That is, that is exact. That is why we do it. That is why we make video games. Um, and the fact that we can create something that touches the lives of so many people, yeah. you know, that, and the world is so small and we will release something, we release it globally, you know, and to travel around the world and go to conventions and to talk to people, you know, especially Quake, especially with the Quake community. It's one of the greatest communities in the world, like QuakeCon, mm-hmm. where you have people that their lives had changed because of a game. You know, I've, I've had stories where I've met people and, and they've told me that, you know, their life was going nowhere and they didn't know what they were going to do and they were very depressed and they started playing Quake and they joined the Quake clan and they met some new friends and they found a girlfriend or a boyfriend and and their life turned around and it is all because of a single game. Um, <laughs> and to be a part of something that has touched the lives of so many people. And if you look at QuakeCon, like it's this annual convention that id Software puts on every year for forever. And 
so many people come there because they love that sense of community and Quake helped build that sense of community. Uh, it's, a, it's incredible. I mean, um, it must be, oh man, Tim, it's, it, I, I agree. You, you've, you've made some games that have literally changed the landscape of different genres and you're right. It's, it, I mean, people are still pay, playing the original Quake today. They're doing speed runs. They're still yes. making levels for it. I mean, it's quite insane in a way that, that a game you made so many years ago is still played to this very day in a way, isn't it? Yes, it so is. I'm, I'm very blessed. And you were right. We have, um, you know, there's uh, esports tournaments that still play Quake. Um, you know, they have, like what, like you said, the retro yep. games. Uh, people are still making levels. Um, I mean, it really, and again, I'm so blessed. And, and Quake, you know how you asked about Doom and Quake. You know, Quake did so many things that have kind of really affected the world that we play today. I mean, you can trace... Like I, I, I like to say the aftershocks of Quake can be felt, you know, today. Mm. Like if, if you think about it, it was the first truly 3D engine. And it was the first game that that had client server multiplayer architecture. And this is very yes. important because, you know, it was the very first game where you put up a level on the Internet and people connected into it. And it wasn't a peer-to-peer game. It wasn't like, oh, I need to play with my buddy. And you sync up and then you play. No, you ran servers on the internet that people around the world connected into, which then led to, you know, people putting websites up when the internet was kind of basically starting and uh, put, putting websites up on like where to find good Quake servers, which then led to news about, you know, Quake games, which then led to, you know, um, uh, news sites about video games. And, and you yeah. know, like GameSpy was Quake Spy, and then that was bought by like GameStop, I mean GameSpot or something. But you can kind of trace some of the big um, internet websites, news sites, all the way back to, you know, them writing news about Quake. Uh, and uh, uh, and the way that, that the game, you know, how people could mod it, kind of change the landscape. It was one of the very first games ever to be a real esports game. It started mm-hmm. that entire thing along with, you know, StarCraft II. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, I mean, it was just so much. Mm. No, I agree. It's, it can't be understated how important Quake was for many reasons. Um, I mean, did you, did you ever go on servers and play people around the world? and Or did you play yes. other custom maps? And what, Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was so magical. I, 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 I remember at the time thinking that that it was so cool to play against people in Europe. It was yeah. like, these people are in like Sweden and these, these are <laughs> Swedish people. I've never met a Swedish person before. And and, and I'm playing with some people from Europe and, and, and all over the place. Um, it was tr- like the world shrank fast after yeah. Quake uh, uh, was was released, uh, and we would of course download um, maps. I mean, some of the some of some of the best level designers that id Software has ever had um, have come from uh, people that made the levels on their own and then uploaded them to the internet. We found them. I mean, the lead the lead uh, level designer working on Doom Eternal. Well, got started in the industry by making Quake three levels when he was in the Air Force. Wow. Uh, you know, one of the guys that you know was the um, game director on you know Doom in two thousand and Doom three made levels with a text editor. You know, um, Thomas Dane you know made Quake levels and now he's a game director at, at, at Bethesda. There are so many success stories of people yeah. into the industry by making Quake levels. So that's a good bit of tip, isn't it? Good advice. If anyone's looking to get into game design or level design, there's no there's no harm in starting that way, I suppose. Would you agree then, Tim? Yeah. Yes. So every time I talk to folks and they ask me, what can I do to help me get into the industry? I tell them that find their favorite game that has mod tools. And, and it really doesn't matter uh, what game it is. Download the mod tools, start to make your own mods, and then upload them to whatever sites that mm-hmm. that can get attention. You know, and I also tell people that it's very important to finish something. You know, for years, I've had hundreds of level design interviews. And, you know, the folks that come in with a whole bunch of levels that they've worked on, but they, ne- they never finished, those are not the people that we try to hire we try to hire the people that have a handful of levels that are done really well and completed you know because one of the most difficult things for junior game designers and artists and creative folks to do is finish something and level yep. design 
you know, can is, is naturally something that can just we call it level sprawl, where it keeps, you know, people keep working on it and working on it and working on it and it's never done. Um, so I always encourage people to download level tools or mod tools from your favorite game, make mods and finish them. That's the best way to land a job in the industry. Oh, great. That's great advice. Um, a bit of a crazy question, but did you, were you ever blown away by a certain map that you ever saw by someone or an idea or concept you thought couldn't be done, but they did it in a level or, or, yes. or did you, really? Yes. Yeah. I mean, Thomas Dane did some crazy things in, um, he actually did final doom. That was it mm. uh, because he worked on final doom. And then that was something that we, we, we released, uh, not ultimate doom or did it all, No, it was final doom. It was one of them. No, it was doom TNT. That was it. Um, so he, Tom had, uh, did a trick where it really felt that he had a over under situation in, in, in a doom level, which was, you know, impossible at the time. Um, and then the people that, created quake levels with a text editor it's insane that they would do that um and you know and then just really good quality levels and in uh, quake live um uh, you know we had a number of maps that were generated that were created by the community and they were some of the best levels that we had um heck in quake champions runes of sarnoth was inspired by a level created by um a contractor who made the level in the spare time for quake live then we just kind of took that inspiration into quake champions mm-hmm. so uh yes so level designers in the community have have definitely surprised us and influenced us in the games and levels that we created brilliant no good um just really early, I, I, again I, i'm happy you say uh this not this is not true but i i read somewhere that quake was originally gonna be a bit more sort of medieval i know it's got some sort of gothics but there's gonna be swords and maybe some rpg elements is that is that true or, or not true yes well i mean again um um like i said you know there really wasn't much of a design uh for the original quake uh there really you know there was lots of ideas and you know, the guys had thrown around concepts, um, but uh, um, but it was it was very unstructured. And when you're when you're unstructured and you don't really have a roadmap um, and you can't really kind of get everyone on the same page, you end yeah. up with, you end up with a bit, bit of a hodgepodge. It turned out to be an, an amazing hodgepodge, uh, but it's like we had four episodes because we had four designers, basically. And like, uh-huh. you know, picking Picking the uh, the episodes was a cool idea, but there was, you know, it was, again, it was all very luck, you know, and um, yeah, uh, uh, but 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 it really wasn't a formal, you know, overall vision for the game. And there was ideas about the axe, you know, and then mm. you know fighting the dragon. And there's actually a screenshot with the dragon in the sky, but the dragon never worked. Um, wow. <laughs> so it was just a, it was you know a bunch of guys making cool stuff that eventually turned out to be an amazing game that changed the world <laughs> yeah yeah it all came together didn't it amazing i know it's kind of like a country western song you know a bunch <laughs> of talented guys making making some cool shit that changed the world i mean you knew you were working on something pretty big but did you ever expect it to be that big when you're working no. on it yeah no 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 I've, i mean i've i've said this before you know uh you know working at id was a dream and everyone at id knew that we were doing some amazing things um but no one at the time thought that it would have the cultural impact that it does. You know, nobody could have predicted the, you know, the level of like esports and 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 or the impact um, that Quake would have on you know the the industry. And if yeah. if, if any old id suffer guys tell you that, oh yeah, we totally thought it would change the world, they are lying. <laughs> <laughs> it was, you know, like I said, a lot of talented guys working hard, making something cool that came out at the right time. It was the right mm. technology, uh, and it came out at the right time. And it, you know, it was uh, it was kind of a magic moment in in video game history. Another good, well, another amazing part of. Uh, quake is the soundtrack uh nine inch nails i mean that is a big name to get yes. on the game i mean did you ever meet nine inch nails did you ever meet trent how did that idea come about were you involved at all in any of that uh yeah 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 so uh um you know trent resner is uh, um very very talented you know uh, chris Verena, his uh, drummer at the time i'm still friends with him um he he actually chris Verena worked on some music for quake champions just you know a couple years ago 
Um, so we still have ties that, that, that go all the way back there. So, um, uh, so yes. So John Carmack was a fan of Nine Inch Nails and Trent Reznor was a fan of Doom and Trent was doing a concert in Dallas and his agent had called the office and said, Hey, you know, Trent's playing in Dallas, Texas. And if, um, uh, you know, if, if you guys, if, if some of the guys that made Doom want to come to the show, it'd be great to meet him. And then him and John Carmack started talking and John Carmack said, you know, it'd be great if you did music and sound for the cool game that we're, we're working on. And he's like, this is awesome. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, so Trent worked with the team on, you know, the music, um, you know, the, the, uh, the pain and the scream sounds of the original Quake guy is Trent Reznor. Uh, you know, he, he worked on a lot of the sound effects as well. Oh, nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, and, th- and now he went on to, to win Academy Award for the social network. So, uh, yeah. yeah, so, uh, so he, he, he worked on Quake and, and, um, and obviously he's, he's huge, uh, and it was a huge thing at, at, even at the time. But it was also something new, you know. Rock stars we were not working on video game soundtracks, um, and um, then I mean, even the way that we had uh, crafted the contract, which I had to actually deal with only recently, the old contract is uh, the original contract that we had with Interscope Records required that we create the music. Well, Trent create the music that was Red Book Audio Codex. Now, Redbook Audio is the codex that is used for CD-ROMs, so for, for, for playing music. And the original Quake 1 disc was kind of like a record. So track 1 was the data track. And then track 2 through 11 or 12 was each of the songs for that Trent made. Yeah. And um, uh, so like, like if you stick an original Quake disc into your music CD player, you can play all the tracks. Like if you play track 1, it sounds like horrible noise but then you can play the other tracks so uh what was interesting about the deal that we had with 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 um interscope at the time was that we were required to uh to only release that music as redbook audio format and at the time that was fine because no one ever envisioned something like steam or mm. Xbox marketplace or sony or down or mobile okay so uh, years later, when we released Quake on Steam and Xbox and those things like that, we were not allowed to include the music oh. because we were not able to change music to like MP3 or MIDI, or not not MIDI or Wave or, or because it had to re- it had to be Redbook Audio. So um, uh, so I think it was a, a year ago, um, I get a call from Trent's people. And he wants to release the Quake vinyl um, soundtrack for Quake. And in the deal, he could never release a Quake soundtrack with the Quake music uh, without our permission. And we cannot change the audio format of the original music without his permission. So um, we, we worked out a deal and he was able to release the vinyl soundtrack of Quake 1. And we were then able to include the original Quake music in in downloads. Uh, but yes, yeah, so it was very new. We were it was I know that's a long answer to that's good. I love uh, it because that I, I I don't think that's ever actually been mentioned before. Um, but the uh, uh, it was uh, it was it was it was all new at the time, and we were just you know doing the best we could to try to make things work. And then you know years later, when streaming technology came out, we were stuck with this kind of archaic contract. But we got resolved. It was one yeah. of the last things I did before I left it. <laughs> good, a good compromise. It sounds like you both got what you kind of wanted. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. oh, yeah oh, that's brilliant. But Trent was great to work with, and his people were great to work with, and it was definitely an honor. I'm going to be uh, trying to find that vinyl after we chat today, Tim. I, you know, I yes. love the soundtrack. It's amazing. Um, I don't suppose you know the answer to this. I'm just looking for a ballpoint figure. But how many maps – and levels or whatever do you think you've made across your whole career in all games i mean you must have made hundreds oh my god that is thousands i don't know (laughs) you tell me (laughs) uh i mean probably somewhere between 100 and 200 i i I wouldn't go over that number because um just because it takes so long to make a level that goes into a finished product of course okay that's that's a huge number though isn't it still yes yes I mean, uh, sometimes when I get a chance to actually do some level designing, it's so much fun. 
Yeah. I mean, do you have a personal favourite? Is there any particular level in any game you think, this is my, I, I couldn't make it any better. This is perfect in your eyes. The edge for Quake 2. Is, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. If 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 you Google greatest deathmatch maps ever made, you know, and, and you'll find some top 10 list. Uh, and the edge for Quake 2 is probably on that list. Uh, so the edge for Quake 2 is, is amazing. And then some Quake 3 levels, uh, you know, have always been very dear to me as well. Uh, but But if I had to pick one, Yes, the edge for Quake 2. Brilliant. No, brilliant. Um, how do you think, I mean, um, you and the rest of the uh, id team, how do you always try and keep the, the, the Doom games, the Quake games fresh? Like I said, you, you've, you're always trying to innovate. It must have been quite difficult because you could have easily churned out much more games. But what, what was the, the ingredients for you and, and the rest of the team to make it so innovative and original? John Carmack. Yeah, yep. the, uh, uh, you know, John always wanted to create something new and to push himself and to push the technology. And uh, so, uh, yes. So that's why each, each game literally had new technology. Like if we would have made doom three with quake three technology, we would have got that game done in two years. Mm. Um, you know, and if we hadn't made you no know, mega texture for rage, we would have had, you know, doom four done before doom. Yeah. So, uh, so yes, you are absolutely correct. We could have, used the same engine and cranked out sequels to the games but because you know john really had a passion for creating which is which is the signature of the company for so many years you know he had a passion for creating amazing technology and that drove um you know a lot of the, the design mm. no, brilliant uh, obviously i know you mentioned multiplayer for doom but quake was one of the first truly multiplayer games made. It changed the landscape. I mean, was this an area in the office that was always envisioned, or was it like this is what's happening in the background? We need to jump on it, or, or was it a bit was some luck involved? I mean, you said you're in the right place at the right time, but was multiplayer always something that you and the team were always looking to get into? That is a good question, and I am glad that you you answered that because I would love to talk about multiplayer only maps for Quake. Um, <laughs> so. Uh, uh, so yes, as as you know, there's a, this controversy between me and John Merrill about multiplayer maps for Quake One. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I would have let this die, but uh, uh, but somebody wanted to put it in my Wikipedia, which I cannot change. So hopefully one of your listeners, after listening to this, can go back and we can update my Wikipedia since I can't do it. But uh, but when I talked about the idea for multiplayer only maps in Quake. I was specifically talking about Quake, about the first, because Quake, remember, was the first game that had client-server architecture. That's really important. Yes, Doom had multiplayer and Marathon multiplayer and Rise of the Tribe. And who cares about those games? I'm talking about dedicated architecture. When we started Quake, there was zero plans to make dedicated only multiplayer levels. And there is not a single design document that was ever produced before I started at id Software that says this, that they were they were committed to making multiplayer only levels in Quake. And um, uh, we and because because, like I said earlier, we had a whole bunch of people working on different levels and different themes. And we made a whole bunch of these map fragments. You know, and, and, and if you scroll through my uh, Instagram, you can actually find a video of one of the map fragments that I uploaded. Mm. And, you know, what we're going to do with these, they were cool maps, but they were pieces of maps. They weren't finished maps. And um, um, and I came up with the idea of making just normal multiplayer only maps for Quake One. And um, uh, because the plan, because the guy said that, why would you make a multiplayer only level? when you can make it for single player and you can play multiplayer in it, you know, and lots of our levels that were in the game were, you know, single player levels that were also great multiplayer levels. Um, but, uh, but no, during the production of Quake, there was never any plan before I started um, that said that we were going to make multiplayer only maps. Mm. So yes, there you go. One year, uh, one year listeners is more than welcome to update <laughs> with that information. So yes, because again, you know, in Doom, if you remember, you know, you play, uh, you know, you, you fire up E1M5, 
which is a great multiplayer map. And then you hit the flag to turn off AI, and then it's just you and your buddies, and you run around and play. And in you know Quake, every Quake map had multiplayer spawn spots. When we made levels, you put a player start, you put a co-op start, and you put multiplayer starts. And then you put weapons in that are only in multiplayer. Uh, but uh, but because it took so long to make these levels, we you used these levels for both single player and multiplayer. Uh, but yeah. the great thing about the multiplayer only levels is that you don't have to deal with, you know, the um, the constraints of making a single player map like DM6, which is, you know, that kind of toilet bowl looking map. Um, you know, that would be very difficult to make as a single player level, but yeah. it makes it makes an ultimate it makes a really great multiplayer map. Um, so, uh, yes. So, like I said, that was never that was never originally conceived. Um but now, you know, every game has dedicated multiplayer maps. So there we go. I've yeah. said it again. I was I was going to let that go, but but I'm not going to let that go. No, I appreciate it. No, and you've answered really well, Tim. And obviously, it must have stung you a bit hearing comments on the internet about this. Because, you know, you've done so much in your career. Um, uh, it, it, it does, oh, I, I think you probably deserve better than a few yes, bad yes, comments. Yes, yes, yes. You know, yes, yes. And... Uh, um, Trust me, Romero did not help. He, uh, you know, he, he he always liked to say that he was not fired from id Software, um, but he was fired. And um, you know, and uh, uh, so I, you know, I. So this is the problem. And now that I'm an ex id Software employee, you know, yeah. I need to be very careful about this because it always irritated me when um, ex id Software employees would just hang on to things they did at id. Uh, instead of moving on, like for instance, you know, when the team at ID, you know, under Marty Stratton and Hugo Martin, when they were creating Doom 2016, you know, they were they put passion into that game, and the guys in on their team were were putting their heart and soul into making an amazing game, and it was their time to shine. You know, uh, so many talented people working on. You know, Doom 2016 and now Doom Eternal. It's 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 their chance to be great, and they don't need old id software people, you know, talking about Doom, talking about what they think it should be or what they should they, or or how it should be made and their opinion on this, that, and the other thing. You know, let the guys that are making the games today be the rock stars, mm-hmm. and. Um, so uh, so that's why, you know, I will always cheerlead and prop up id Software uh, and, and the team that's making the games because it's the games that they're make, that we are making, that they are making now that are the important ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, there are some ex-Id Software employees that have gracefully gone about and been very successful and very happy. Um, and they never make comments about the company. And then there are some ex software employees that always make comments about what they're what we're doing now, which always irritated me. Um, so uh, now that I'm an ex software employee, uh, I promise the Internet that I will not I will not uh, make criticisms or judgments about future in software games. I will only say that they will be awesome and great. There we go. That's my soapbox. Mm. No. That's, Tim, I appreciate that. And you, how long were you working at its software? A good, good number of years, weren't you? Yeah, it's ninety-five to to last August. Yeah, so you've 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 really seen it all there, haven't you? Yeah, no, yes, good stuff. Yes, yes. Been, yeah, I was number thirteen when I started, thirteenth employee. Um, I think I was thirteenth, and then uh, you know we grew, um, we sold the company. Then we had like you know the dark period when we had to reboot the new Doom, um, but you know the studio worked hard and 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 the team pulled together and uh, the guys made an amazing Doom 2016. Oh, we made yeah. amazing Quake Champions. We Doom Eternal is going to be amazing, you know. And so it's 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 the people that that are there now that are the rock stars and they're the ones that did the hard work to make it great. You know, not dudes that were, you know, that were gone 20 years ago. Yeah. I have to say, Doom 2016 blew me away. It's one of the first games I got for my new PC I'm talking to you on now. It it was amazing. I still play it today. It's an absolutely incredible game. And you're right, Eternal Doom. 
uh, I'm really looking forward to it. And I think it's software deserve a bit of credit because for me personally, I thought it's software lost their way a little bit, but that new doom game brought them right back where you belong. That's my, my personal opinion. Yes. Yes. You are absolutely correct. You know, and, uh, and, that, and, and that was all Marty Stratton and Hugo Martin and guys like Jerry Keehan and Robert Duffy and Tiago and Billy Kahn and, and guys that, you know, have quietly made an amazing game that don't get on the internet and then like cheerlead themselves. Uh, but it's, it's, it, it's, it's those guys that, um, uh, that really uh, made that magic. Good stuff. I mean, are you happy to, Tim, are you happy to say that you left it software on good terms? Uh, we can, uh, yes. Yeah. yes, yes. I trust me. I, you know, I, I wrapped up all the stuff that I wanted to wrap up. Uh, I still have a vested interest in Bethesda, so I, <laughs> I want the company to do really, really well. Um, but, uh, uh, but no, 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 it was great. It was like the perfect timing. Um, you know, I had this great send off at QuakeCon. I love those guys. The, Doom, the, the game's great. Uh, so um, um, I'm, I'm very happy. It was, it was, it was, it was, it, it was the best way to gracefully move yep. on. We'll talk about your new job in a minute, but can you give us any teasers about Doom Eternal? Or are you not allowed to say anything about it, or is it is it going to look good? You, you know, for a fact, it's going to be good, right? Yes, yeah. I trust me. I I played it in August before be, before I left. It's amazing. Then and it will be even more amazing when it comes out. I promise. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Pre-order. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, buy I mean, special edition because they will sell oh, out. Oh, do you think? Yeah, that's a good yes. tip then. I would definitely tell people to get the special edition. Brilliant. I mean, there has been some new Quakes recently, but do you think there's room, maybe after Doom Eternal, for a brand new Quake game? And if if you were going to see that uh, in the near future, is there any sort of direction you'd, you'd let them go in or re- recommend they go in, for example? Um, uh, yeah, you know, ho- hopefully the team does that. Like I said, I'm not going to comment on my opinion of future games. Yeah, uh, I but, get that. Um, uh, but, but I can tell you that um, that if the team decided to do that, uh, they are well situated. I mean, they're they're so talented. Like the collection of, of of people working on that team right now are so talented. If they decided to do a new game, it would be awesome. Or in, and if they decided to do Quake, it would be awesome. Brilliant. Um, you obviously work at Saber Interactive now. What's wh- how did that role come about? And what's your what, what's your what's your job in, in that big company? Uh, yes. So uh, I'm the chief creative officer at the company. And I worked with Saber on Quake Champions for a number of years. And, um, uh, you know, the whole uh, company is owned by two guys. That's it. Wow. <laughs> so it's, it's definitely nice to uh, uh, it's very, uh, very quick to uh, get make a decision. And uh, um, oh, hold on one second. Someone's ringing the door here. Um, no problem. Sorry, the uh, I just texted my wife. Um, I, so, um, uh, so I enjoyed working with the team on um, Quake Champions, and you know, the, the Saber is like one of the largest uh, companies that not many people have actually heard of um, because we have uh, studios in five countries. Uh, our largest studio is um, in Saint Petersburg, where we have about 450 people. We have a team in Madrid, which is about 130. We have a news team in Portugal uh, that we've uh, just started working with. We have a team in Minsk, and we have a small group up in Sweden. Um, you know, we've uh, uh, one of the things that really attracted me to the company is that we we do so many different things, mm-hmm. from first-person shooters, uh, you know, to World War Z, to truck simulator games, to sports games. We, you know, we we had WW. I mean, we had. Uh, NBA playgrounds. Um, we have some other sports games coming out soon, and uh, um, you know we we do so much from mobile to switch ports. Like the the Witcher three switch port was us, um, and uh, it just kind of gave me an opportunity to work on on so much more than just you know a single game. Uh, and I get to work with the different teams. I get to travel around the world. Uh, I mean, it's it is literally the greatest job. Brilliant. No, exciting times. It sounds like you, I mean, you're, you're off traveling again soon, aren't you? So good on, good on you. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I'm leaving tomorrow to, to visit the studio in Madrid 
and then I will go over to see the studio in St. Petersburg. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's, and, and, and I'm at a point in my life where, you know, I've had successes, you know, I, I don't have anything to prove. Uh, I've proved enough and, um, uh, and I can just go make cool games with, with people that I like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, trust me, I, I love the people at Bethesda, I mean, no mistake, but I get to go kind of, you know, almost be kind of like an entrepreneur again. And if we have a, an idea for something small, we can start working on it. If we want to make something big, we can make something big. So it is, it is, it is a really fun opportunity to kind of, you know, do what I like to do so much. Oh, brilliant. I mean, that's great. I mean, uh, it's, it's not on my question list, Tim, I apologize, but you've worked in so many sort of first person shooters. Does this new role give you an opportunity to work in different genres or, or do you, will you ever relax? Would, do you ever look back on your career a little bit sadly thinking I could have, you would like to work in other genres a bit more or are you, are you really proud of what you've done already sort of thing? Yep. Yep. That's a great question. Um, I'm very proud. I worked at id for like 24 years. Mm-hmm. It's the greatest job ever. Um, uh, I'm very proud of the action first person shooters that I made. Um, you know, I never wish to work on another genre. Uh, you know, I've tried to add things into the games like racing and driving and rage, um, that, uh, that was different. Um, but, um, um, no, I'm very, I'm very proud of, of what I did. And I think I can take that intensity of great first person shooters and the games that we made it in yeah. and to bring them into other genres, even the sports games that we work on or the mobile games, you know, there yeah. are lessons that I have learned throughout the years on how to make games responsive and quick and, um, and, um, and applying those lessons to these other genres has, has really helped. Even, you know, we have snow runner coming out, um, early, uh, uh, this year and that's the truck simulator game which is insanely popular. I never thought that Mudrunner <laughs> would be so popular, but people love this game. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of working with the team on some things, you know, we were able to kind of tighten some of the gameplay up. And I think that some of that experience making in software first-person shooters definitely helped. Oh, brilliant. No, excellent. Um, look, Tim, I know you're a busy man. I've got a couple of sort of more wacky questions, and I sure. really appreciate your time. I mean, who, who would you... Uh, who would you prefer? I mean, who would you rather have a, a drink with? The Doom Space Marine or the Quake Marine? Now, basically, which of those two would you rather be friends with? Uh, I would uh, the Quake guy. Yeah. Just because um, um, he's so wacky. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's so many wacky stuff that he's had to do, uh, fighting Strog and going to different universes and all sorts of things. So, uh, yes, I, I, I have a soft spot in my heart for my uh, Quake guy. Do you think you'd win in a, a death match with the Doom Marine? Oh, that'd be tough. It would you be know, a tough uh, battle, wouldn't it? I know. The Doom Slayer would just punch the shit out of him. Um, <laughs> uh, but the Quake guy would have to run really fast and straight jump away. Uh, so so it, would, it, it, it would be like brute force meets meets um, meets uh, uh, strafe jumping or something. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, oh, Tim, why are you here? I'll have to ask that rocket jumping. Um, that's in Quake, isn't it, where you can – is it yes. when you set your yes. you can almost I, I haven't done it myself, but was that something you knew about? Was it something you Yes, was, I will tell you the story of how rocket jumping was invented. Yeah. Um, there is a programmer named John Cash, and he is now um, a CTO at Blizzard. Uh, and he is the father of rocket jumping. We were playing a multiplayer game, and John um, you know, was being chased by I don't know who he was being chased by, I can't remember. And um, uh, he had picked up the red armor, and but he was low on health, and he was going to die. And he thought, well, if I'm going to die, this guy chasing me is going to die too. <laughs> so he points the rocket down at the floor, and he fires and jumps at the same time. And he flew through the air and survived. And he was like, oh, my God, what did I just do? And rocket jumping was born. Uh, it was a complete mistake, but it was, it was John Cash. He's the <laughs> man that invented rocket jumping. And um, uh, so that's why in Quake 1, you can rocket jump through some of the levels because we had no clip brushes. Clip brushes kind of stop you from moving through areas. We had no clip brushes on some of the ceilings and things. Uh, whereas in Quake 2, we learned that you need to clip brush the ceilings to keep people from rocket jumping <laughs> through, your, through your level to, to, uh, to finish it. Yes. So uh, rocket jumping was just like strafe jumping. It was a mistake. Yeah. Uh, but it was something that was brilliant. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's not, yeah, 
a wonderful mistake. Oh man, uh, t- Tim, I love these stories. It's been such a pleasure. Um, f- final question for me: if, sure. you, if you could share a drink of any video game character, we're not gonna, we can open up to any video game. Who would you most like to share a drink with? Mario. Yeah, good one. Because uh, <laughs> because Miyamoto is the the you know he's like the Jesus of our industry, uh, and um, you know the uh, the influence that Mario has had on everything that we've done. Um, you know, plus he's Italian. They're always fun to hang out with. So oh, Mario would be, uh, would, would, would be my drinking buddy. Oh, that's a great. Tim, like I said, real honor having you on the uh, RKSAT podcast. Um, real pleasure. So thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We really hope you enjoyed it. If you want to get in touch regarding this week's episode or anything else, you can tweet us at Arcade Attack UK, at Keith Barlow82, and at Arcade underscore Adriano. We're also on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcadeattackuk. Please check out our website at arcadeattack.co.uk for lots of retro gaming goodness, interviews, reviews, features, top 10, etc. And you can also find all our previous podcasts there. Our podcasts are available to stream from the website and are available to download for free from Stitcher, Podbean and iTunes, where you can also leave us a review and a rating, which we would really, really appreciate. So until next time, Take care and we'll speak to you soon.